Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my next guest is a destination wedding photographer and educator based in Salt Lake City, Utah, for now. She officially started her career four years ago after dropping out of college and quitting her quote-unquote secure job at the behest of her parents. In reality, she began at the age of 14 when she told her mother she wanted to be a photographer. She has grown her business such that she has booked 18 months in advance and has photographed weddings from Hawaii to Switzerland and a stop or two in the flyover states. She's built a social media following of just under 40,000 fans. She has amassed a client base of over 100 couples. Her style is bold imagery for the modern romantic, and it's kind of a big deal in the industry. Please help me in welcoming the newest resident of Hollywood, California, wedding photographer extraordinaire, Eden Strader. Hello. Thank you for being with us today, Eden. Thank you for having me. That intro made me feel quite fancy. Well, you are kind of, I said you are kind of a big deal. I meant that. Um. It's been it's been fun watching your career start. You know, I wanted to touch a little bit, or maybe just have you touch on about um, that conversation with your mom. Okay, so kind when you of were fourteen, beginning. yeah, like yeah, where were you? Where did you start? <laughs> how did you start? Why did you do this? Why why did you why this? How long? You know, how old were you when you really? You knew you kind of knew what you wanted to do. I mean, I've said that. Yeah. So I kind of grew up trying all the artsy things. I carried around my parents' point and shoot in elementary and junior high. And there's a lot of photos from them that would like ruin my career. They're real great. And then oh, I think you should have like a when like I was a little stay, a throwback segment <laughs> on your my call to my junior high photography. I think that'd be classic. And I took a photography class in junior high, and I really liked it. And so I just kind of kept shooting all throughout junior high, high school. And then in high school, I got a little kit camera from Costco. And that was kind of the beginning of it. I shadowed someone on a wedding. And that's kind of how I fell into it. When I was younger, I wanted to do more fashion photography. And that is still kind of what I do for fun. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how I got started. And then living in Utah, it's everyone gets married all the time. So it was super easy to kind of naturally fall into that and start shooting weddings. And yeah, that was kind of the beginning of it before I went to college. Weddings are pretty trendy here, aren't they? Yeah. They're like Monday through Friday, no Monday through Sunday. They like, there's no off season in Utah. They literally get married every day, all year. Even on the Sabbath. Even on the Sabbath. Um, so you went to college. You talked about college. Mm-hmm. What? Tell me a little bit about that time. And yeah, so I went to college. Um, I Why was going you, for. Let me stop you there. Why did you go to college? Because just that's what everyone was doing. <laughs> that's just it's I trendy. think I'm. Yeah, I think my generation is kind of the start of college being no longer like the most viable option. Like it's an option for people, but I think my generation is one of the first to kind of look for educational opportunities outside of college. But when I was 18, most people were still going to college. So I went and I went for business management. So I don't think it would have been a bad thing if I had graduated, but um, I went for three semesters and then I was kind of working on my photography career part-time. And then I ended up 
kind of dropping. I told myself I was taking a break from school to work full time. And I worked full time at a solar company. So like a totally different type of vibe to what I'm doing now. Um, and so I was doing that and doing my photography business at the same time and just kind of telling myself I'd go back to school soon. Um, and it just got so busy. Like I'd be working, I'd leave for work at 8am. I would work till 5pm at the solar company. And then I would go work on my photography after that and probably, and then go home edit. I was probably working really from like eight to 10pm every day to try to make both work. And you said the solar company wasn't really related to photography, but I disagree with you because you do harsh light workshops <laughs> and the sun it's from the is sun. a pretty harsh light. So there we go. There you go. No, I actually do. I'm really grateful that for was that training solar for job. I was a, as a manager. And so I dealt with a lot of like not fun business situations. So I actually am really grateful. I worked that job before I went full time because I feel like it taught me a lot on how to like run my business and interact with customers or deal with issues. Cause that's like exclusively what I was doing at the solar company. So I still, I'm really glad I did that. Issues, AKA crazy people. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so you did that for how long you worked at the solar company? How long? I worked at the solar company. Ooh, I think over a year. I honestly can't remember but I think I was there for a year and then um, it got so busy and then I can't remember if I went back to school for semester or not after that, but it just got to the point where I was doing something I didn't love and then also doing my photography business, which I loved. And yeah, it just got to the point where I knew I couldn't do both anymore. All right. So, you know, you know, the wise counsel from your parents, how did you, were, were you conflicted with, you know, get a secure job, mm-hmm. you know, because this is art and there's no money in it. Or did you hear things like that? Or what did you, yeah. what kind of counsel did you get that you were, were you struggling? Were you internally conflicted with trying to make this jump? I think one, it was pretty, I was working myself kind of into the ground. So my photography business was doing well enough where I could if it didn't get any better, I could hypothetically survive at least even by quitting my job, but it definitely was not as secure. I wasn't going to have steady paychecks. I wasn't going to know how much I was getting paid and when I wasn't going to have health insurance naturally. So there was a real sense of security with my corporate job. And also just with college, I knew where my money was coming from, where my money was going, how my life was going to kind of pan out. But um, it was to the point where I was like, I can't do either. So I can either go to school for something that I'm not loving. I didn't love college. I wasn't super happy there. Or I can just, you know, send it, try this out, see how it goes. Um, and try something that my heart is in. Cause I loved my job and I love, and I still love my job. And so that's what I just decided. Like you've got, that's kind of a theme in my life is that we really only got one as cheesy as it is. And it was like, I could either spend this one life I have doing stuff that I didn't really care about, or I could just put all my energy, put my heart and soul into something I loved and see how it panned out. It's cliche, but it's true. Yeah. That's why it's a cliche. Um, And it matters still. And sometimes we dismiss things that are cliche because Mm -hmm. we've heard of so many times, but it is true. And doing something you don't like, you 
you die a little bit every day. Your soul dies a little bit every day. Yeah. And I think so many of us are doing that because we're taught to just be, you know, just survive or just exist, you know, do what you got to do, which is noble. Yeah. But it's not. And every job has their elements of that. I I wish I wake up every morning and I'm like, I have no anxiety or no stress. Like my job's still a job, but it's a job that I love and that fulfills me. And that's something that I wasn't getting out of school or my corporate job. You were building someone else's dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as you have evolved in your s- style, what, where do you, does the creativity just come or do you, do you have other people that you follow or watch to kind of help grow? Cause you've, you've definitely come, along your from when you started to now is a massive jump yeah so what's what's been the the genesis of that I think when I first started it was really easy for me well one I was stressed because I had quit my job I knew I needed to bring in money and so it was really easy for me to look at other successful photographers and see what they were doing and try to not copy that but you know follow that chain almost and see if I could do things similar to them so that I'd be just as successful. And that was not fulfilling as an artist at all when my work looked like everyone else's. And I felt like I was doing what everyone else was doing. And that's kind of been a huge pivotal thing now that I do education as well is just like finding your artistic voice. And that has easily been the biggest change for me in my work was just leaning into myself more and bringing more of myself back into my work instead of building work that I thought would please other people, building work that fulfilled me as an artist. And with that, more clientele came because I think your clients, especially with weddings and like these intimate yet extravagant like events in people's lives, they're investing quite a bit of money into an experience with you. And so they want to see that you're passionate about your work and that you're passionate about this job that like, I wouldn't want to spend several thousand dollars on someone that doesn't care or is just trying to be like everyone else. So just leaning more into myself and my artistic voice and bringing forth my vision more and being confident in that and comfortable in doing that not only fulfilled me more as an artist, but brought in more clientele and clientele who actually loved me and my work rather than just hiring any and all, like any photographer. So basically you get the clients that you want now, not what you have to take. Yeah. Yeah. And my clients are now, they're much more intentional about hiring me. I'm not everyone's photographer. Like some people, my style might not be for them and that's okay. And they can find a photographer whose style is for them. But the clients that do hire me are hiring me very specifically for my style and my experience. So it's no big surprise that weddings are a wee bit emotional. So maybe shed a little light on what that's like for you. Weddings are wild because you're as you're in the wedding and you're part of the day just as much as the bride and groom are. You're with the bride and groom probably more than they're with each other. You're you're basically a stranger getting to be a fly on the wall on one of the most intense and intimate times of someone's life. So actually that's probably ended up being like one of my favorite parts of shooting weddings is that you just like you get to see like such beautiful parts of humanity, which I just love. Like it's so cool to witness. You get to see these genuine 
human connections and moments that a lot of people only see a couple times of their life, like in their life. And I get to see them every weekend, which is wild. Someone who like, you know, you're running your own business. Mm -hmm. It's all up to you, whether it succeeds or fails. Um, Do you, do you find that that's like maybe added more added stress than when you had a job or is it worth it? Um, just, you know, I was going to maybe talk about the business side of things yeah. and, and maybe why someone, someone may be thinking about leaving a job while they should do it. I think I have more, when I was working at my corporate job, I still had a lot of stress, but it was stress that I could leave at work almost like I could leave and go home and be like, that's going to be dealt with tomorrow at 9am. Whereas when you run your own business, it's very personal. Like me and my business are one and the same. So there's no sense of like leaving things behind. I can't be like, oh, I can leave this till tomorrow and, or I can leave this at the office and still get paid blank amount in the next two weeks. Whereas when it's my own business, I get paid based on the effort that I really put into my business, which I think can be scary, but on the same thread, it's if I think about it too much, it can give me a lot of anxiety if I like really wanted to deep dive into how scary that is because if I don't do well, then I don't do well and my bank account's empty. But to go along with that, that also means that if I do really well, there's no limit to the money I can make. Whereas at my job, there was a ceiling for that. And I think that's what's been really cool is that the more intentional I get with my work and the harder I get or the harder working I get and the more positive energy I put into my business, the more comes out of it. And that's totally and completely up to me. So I think that's always my advice for people is, yes, there's always a worst case scenario. And I tend to be a worst case scenario kind of person. Like I always want to know what the worst case scenario is. And that's almost comforting to me. Like I'll walk through it. Like you know, if my business fails, then I have to move home from LA and then I have to live with my parents for a couple weeks until I got a corporate job. That's truly, that's worst case scenario that could ever happen to me because I'm a white privileged person in America. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to be homeless. Like the worst case scenario is survivable. That's great. But then what's best case scenario? Like best case scenario is that I build this huge giant business that thrives and I build a team and I retire when I'm 40. Like there's the best case scenario is just as plausible as the worst case scenario. And it just comes down to me and how much effort I'm willing to put in. And I think that's what people forget to think about is that We are so lucky to, one, live in the day and age that we do. Like, there has never been a better time to be an entrepreneur than there is right now, I'm convinced. Like, it is so easily accessible to start a business and build one that thrives. Like, we have social media and we have, like, so, like, no one goes to college anymore. Like, half of my, actually, most of my friends didn't even go to college. They just built their own businesses, which is really cool. Like, there's just no better time than now, which is amazing. And, chances are the people listening probably live here in America. Like we're so lucky to live here and have the opportunities that we do. And like worst case scenario here is usually survivable. And I don't say that to like, I mean, people have worse situations than we do. And I'm not trying to downplay that because those situations, but also like, I also love the fact that I can work really hard, not only for myself, but I know the more successful I become, the more I can help other people. Like I, think people tend to get scared of earning money. Like it feels really icky to them. 
and it feels greedy. But in reality, I know that the more money I earn, the more I have to give back to other people who need it too. And that's like really motivating to me that like I can earn a lot of money and give myself the life I want, but then I can also give it to others who need it as well that maybe don't have as much privilege or opportunity as I do. Without it, you can do nothing. Yeah. Um, and it's it, that's kind of one of those taboo topics, which I've always found dumb, you know, money and talking about it. And, and m- many of us were brought up to think, oh, the rich are unhappy and they're miserable, but I don't think that's true. Without it, you have no choices. You can't, you cannot help yourself. You cannot help others. Yeah. And you are a slave to whatever your bills are. And that is the worst way to live. And so many of us do that because that's just yeah. what you do. That's their culture, you know. Well, and I think it's such a weird hypocrisy that everyone's trying to work hard to earn more money. But once you start earning more money, people expect you to shut up about it. Like you're a bad person if you talk about it, even though that's what we're all striving for. Like I don't know anyone that's like, no, I'd like to earn way less money than I do now. Like everyone wants to earn more money. And once you do start earning more money though, everyone's like, Ooh, don't talk about it. We're not talking about that. You can't, nope. Like don't even touch that. Like it's such a weird thing that this is what we're all striving for. But if you start obtaining it, that's a bad thing. And I think that's how I've had to really change my look on money is that it's not a greedy thing. It's not a selfish thing. It's not any of those things. Like one, I deserve to have the life that I want and I'll work hard to provide that for myself. But the more I work hard and the more money I obtain, the more I can give it to others and the more I can help other people and the more I can help my friends, help my family, help the people closest to me or help people I don't know who are also struggling. Like that's such a cool thing that you are able to give from a state of abundance rather than like a scarcity mentality and just be grasping or like living paycheck to paycheck or stressing about how you're going to take care of things all the time. I wrote an article about the the evil rich and how, you know, like you say, what you said is, is reality. You start making more, you should be able to shout from the rooftops and not, there's a great quote I heard the other day. It's, uh, it's by Jim Rohn. And this is don't, don't become a millionaire for the, for the money, become a millionaire for what it, for the person you become to to get there. Yeah. Which is, that's something I've that's always fun. felt, but never really had words for it until I read that the other day. But I want to be able to do, um, you know, things for other people. And there were some times yeah. in my life where we were struggling and people stepped up and these anonymous gifts came to us and we didn't know who they were. And then prior to that, we were in a position to help another family who was just getting the crap kicked out of them by yeah. life. And that was such a great feeling to be able yeah. to help them out and not anonymously help them out. And then we were the recipients. We were in a similar position where someone helped us. Yeah. I'm like, that is the cool feeling to be able yeah. to. That's not a. It's an amazing feeling to be able to give freely without stressing that. on what the implications are for you. Like on and not be giving and then resorting back to a scarcity mentality. Like being able to help other people and know that you can do so is a really cool feeling instead of oh crap i just donated now i gotta I yeah gotta go get two jobs to, yeah. to, to cover that which yeah agreed what's on the horizon for eden straighter 
what's the big what's a big is there a big project you're working on or some big what's what's next what's next so right what's now the, i'm moving to la that's the big hence hollywood's newest hence hollywood resident. yes okay. i'm moving to la and that is probably one of the bigger decisions I've ever made, which is going to be really crazy and wild. Um, but that's kind of the start of me really diving more into not only like my weddings and the destination weddings, but also education and fashion photography. That's like a huge um, fashion photography is one thing that I've always kind of done for fun on the side and not necessarily for income. And so that's something that I'm going to be working on a lot over the next couple of years. Um, as well as like, I started doing education. And so just teaching other photographers on marketing and how to be a photographer and all that good stuff. And that I kind of fell into that. I didn't really expect that to be a big part of my business. And now it is like half of my business. And I have found that so fulfilling. Like it has been such a blessing. I love doing it. And so that's one of my goals for the next year is to really help people with their business more and to help people feel like they have the knowledge and the confidence and the opportunities to pursue these careers and to pursue them full time if they want. Cause I just think like I already said it, but it's just like, we only have one life and it's just so sad to think of people spending this one life that they have doing something that does not bring them like an ounce of happiness other than just like the paycheck that comes in at the end of the two weeks. Like I think we live in such an incredible time and we have so many opportunities that there's no reason that you shouldn't at least try. You shouldn't at least try to go after what you love. And that's what I love teaching people about and just helping them be more confident in themselves and their capabilities and like help them pursue the things that they're passionate about. Did you start the education because people were asking you for it or? Yeah. Just... Yeah. So it kind of just started with people asking for like mentoring sessions. So like hourly, just like mentoring sessions where we would kind of structure and I still do those. Um, but that's kind of how it started. And then it led into workshops and then it led into online education. And that's kind of what the majority of my education is now is like online courses um, as well as, yeah, sometimes like hourly mentoring, more personalized coaching options. Uh, but the internet is powerful <laughs> and oh, that's where people no. want to learn. The the fact that each one of us have a device that can access the world is a miracle. Yeah. And the barrier to entry is so low. It's just, I think the biggest challenge is shaking our mental zip codes, as I call them, and is shaking the fact that, oh, I can do that. Yeah. We think we can't because of some brainwashing or yeah. upbringing and of safe, secure. It's comfortable. And comfortable I think that's comfort sucks. Yeah. And that's kind of been my nothing like not, it's like I can't remember the quote, but it's one of my favorites. But it's just one of those things where it's like nothing grows in your comfort zone. Like nothing. And that's I think people get really nervous about being uncomfortable, but I think about because it's uncomfortable. Because it's uncomfortable, <laughs> which is a concept. Who would have thought it'd be uncomfortable when you're uncomfortable? But I think of like the biggest, most beautiful moments of my life and some of the best decisions I've ever made were risky, uncomfortable ones. And very rarely do like amazing things happen to me when I just stick with what I'm comfortable with. Like whenever I've made big, big decisions and taken big risks and been okay with being really uncomfortable, that is when my life has changed the most. 
the, you know, and it's an old analogy, but just weightlifting, being at the gym, you know, you don't grow unless there's resistance. Yeah. It's, we've heard it our whole lives, but trying to, to, to bridge that gap from the gym to life and being mentally tough is a lot easier to be physically tough, but to be mentally tough is, that's a whole different animal, but so worth it. Yeah. So worth it. Um, what, like one final thoughts you may have for someone who, who may be on that cusp of, of trying something they want to do or, um, or they're in a comfortable position or they, you know, they're just doing what their parents want them to do. Or even if they're old, like me, I'm 51, someone is in my stage and think they can't grow or think they can't try something new because they're too old now. And, you know, I look, I, I've got 45 years left on the planet. I'm going to do some big things, but some advice you have to someone like in either camp, whether they're your age and you're 24 or my age, 50. I think just striving for discomfort in a good way, like looking at what you really want out of your life and what fulfills you as a person and being okay with being uncomfortable, whether that means, you know, when I quit my job, I had no real like I don't know what I'm like dependence. Like I, I didn't have kids or anything. I had no debt. I didn't have a house. So like my my risk factor was definitely lower. So quitting my job wasn't as scary. And I get that that's not an option for everyone. Like I get that a lot of people can't just quit their job today and be like, here we go. But I do think either way, there's going to be a level of discomfort, whether that is quitting your job or whether that is, you know, like I did it for six to eight months where I worked both jobs at the same time and I just hustled. Yeah. And it was exhausting, but I wouldn't change it for the world because it meant that I built my business. So even if that means that you're up till 2am, like building something, like being okay with putting your passion into something, even if it's uncomfortable for a little bit, because I would much rather, and this has kind of been like my motivating factor over the past couple of years, this last year, especially is that I would much rather regret trying something than regret never have done it, like never have trying at all. Like I don't want to end up in my seventies wondering what, what if I would much rather be like, oh yeah, I tried that it bombed, but I tried it and I don't have to wonder about it anymore. But oftentimes if you're willing to take that plunge and you're willing to really put like your heart and soul into it, it's probably going to work out. Like as long as you're, if you're a hundred percent serious about it and you're willing to give it all and put your blood, sweat and tears into it, like it will probably work out. Like there is a clientele, there is a market for everything nowadays. Like there are clients looking for anything and everything. Like I can't think of a single business idea where there's not a market at all for it. Like, and like you said, we have the whole world at our fingertips now. Like there's no marketing has never been more accessible or easy than it is right now. So just try it. Like what's the worst case that like, what's the worst thing that could happen, but also what's the best thing that could happen? Like just, just your personal growth for yeah. trying if yeah. you recognize it is is it's a mindset you'll never go back to the old mindset and you you can succeed or learn yeah and either way like to me both are good both are good like one is great but one is still good like and i've had things in my business where they did not go well and i was like okay well that sucked but i tried and i tried my best and now i know not to do it again and i know how to do it better and 
that's kind of just looking at these situations as an opportunity for growth rather than an opportunity for failure. And yeah. Well, you know, there's a quote from Edison. I believe it's from Edison. You know, when he was trying to create the light bulb and someone said, why, you know, why do you keep, you know, you, you failed a thousand, whatever time, whatever the number was, you failed a thousand times. He said, no, I didn't. I figured out a thousand ways not to build it. Not to, not to make a light bulb. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it's, and again, whether it's cliche, cliche or not, doesn't matter. It's true. You can, you know, the personal growth, you know, kind of like the money thing. Don't go for the money for the money. Go for the money because of what it, what you become to, to obtain that. Yeah. That life's. Yeah. And I think of it like, I want to earn more money for not the money, but like what I can do for myself and for my family and for my friends and for people around me. It's kind of like, don't go to the gym because you want to look better. Go to the gym because you want to feel better. Like work really hard so that you're happy. Like that's, and that's, what's cool to watch in my business is every year I take on less weddings so that I can take on weddings that I'm really passionate about. And then I click with the clients much better. And like that changes my income structure a little bit and like, but that's okay. Cause it makes me happy. And that's what is fulfilling to me. And I know that the more positive energy I put into my business, the more fruitful it will become. And it does. It always does. Perfect. Yeah. How can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Eden Strader. That's S-T-R-A-D-E-R on Instagram or www.edenstrader.com. Did you just say www? www? Are we in like 1990? This is a radio ad in 1992. Yeah. www. For those of you who are, who still have a fax machine. <laughs> you can fax d- you me can fax at, at www.jointhe20thcentury. Okay, 21st it century. just happened. I mean, come on. It came out of my mouth. All right. But that's where they can find me. Thank you, Eden. Thank you. I, that was fun. Uh, it's been fun watching your your progress um, and what you've become and what you've done. It's inspiring to me. Reach and go for more of the things that I want to do in the world and, and realize that I have some things that I want to do in the world. So yeah. I appreciate the, uh, the example that you're setting. Thank you. And uh, let's do this again when you, you know, after you have your Bentley on Melrose. Bentley. <laughs> oh, wait, you didn't want a Bentley. You wanted a Honda. Or something with your money. Yeah, just a Honda Accord. Just, just a Honda Accord. That'd okay. be great. Good. Maybe a Prius. Prius. Do not get a Prius or you can't. <laughs> That's be how I part fit in, in LA. I have to get a Prius to fit in there. Your Prius has to be. Does Bentley make a Prius? I don't know. Okay, maybe they make an electric car you can buy so you can feel good about the planet and drive your fancy Bentley. I'll do that. <laughs> Whatever. So, all right, Eden, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. 